Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Gravity Leadership is a growing network of people who believe the center of the Christian life is the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ, and that learning to take love seriously is vital for how we practice discipleship, mission, and leadership. The Gravity Leadership Podcast explores, in practical ways, how to root our lives and our leadership in this love that holds all of us and everything together. Hey friends, welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Welcome. Uh, hey, it's uh, it's Ben, and uh, I'm here with Matt. We are still uh, not actually here together. We're here online. We're looking yeah. at pictures of each other, and we are uh, distancing in yep. the middle of June, mm-hmm. um, as we should. Responsible. As we're supposed to. We're trying to be responsible around here, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. So, we're, and we're in the middle of this uh, parenting series. Um, that we have started, we we decided to do this parenting series um, <laughs> before the world uh, started uh, burning down. Um, but I I, uh, I like the fact I don't I don't think every th- we don't need to like upend everything that we're doing. Uh, you yeah. know, we still have to parent our kids <laughs> in the middle of a global pandemic, and we still have to parent our kids uh, in the middle of all the protests and the uh, unrest and all of the stuff that's happening right now yeah. across the world. It's really quite a remarkable time. Yeah, this is a remarkable time to be alive, uh, in many ways. In many ways, so, it's cr- it's crazy. Yeah, remarkable. Remarkable. I'm not, does remarkable have a pejorative or a positive uh, sense? I, to it? I I I in my mind, remarkable is a pretty neutral word. It's just you know, like these are momentous times. These are. I, I wasn't trying to make a uh, a value judgment on what's happening. Yeah, I was trying to. I was trying to say. I don't think I've seen anything like this ever in my lifetime, right? Yeah. I mean, either the pandemic <laughs> or these worldwide protests, like I haven't seen either of these things in my lifetime oh. uh, and they're happening at the same time. So yep. it's it's a remarkable, incredible time to be alive. I think remarkable just means something that you'd want to remark on or about. Right. I feel like we'll be remarking on this for the rest of our lives. I feel like our grandchildren will be like, did you live through that? Yes, we did. Yes, I'd like did. to make a remark. <laughs> Please go for it. Right. Yeah. Uh, I can imagine, you know, if we're grandparents, you know, sitting in our chair and the grandkids are over and yeah. they're like, you know, they're like, oh, man, grandpa's going to make a remark again, isn't he, about <laughs> coronavirus, Yeah, whatever yeah. that is. Anyway. Yeah. So, uh, friends, we want to get this is an interview uh, today with Lacey Finn Borgo. Um, who talks quite a bit about um, having spiritual conversations with children. Yes. Uh, and she is uh, basically advocating for a very, very much like a spiritual direction approach yeah. with children to hold space for their questions, to never um, deny them their questions, never shame them for asking questions, but to hold space for them 
uh, for these questions that kids have and letting that be a way of them learning that, um, that God is with them in the midst of their wonderings and the things that they notice about their life and about the world. Yes. Uh, and it was really great. She's uh, amazing uh, at this and gave some great examples about it, about how to do it. And I was just reflecting, Matt, uh, that we, I think as parents, um, this scares us to let our kids have questions about faith, to entertain some things, especially if it feels like, man, what just came out of their mouths is like theologically wrong or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, And I, you know, another thing that's happened as we've, you know, seen these videos um, of police brutality and um, just the, the, the world seems to be waking up to something that obviously the black community has known for a long time, that systemic racism, you know, is, is a real thing. And, and these are really deep entrenched problems that we need to deal with, et cetera, et cetera. But I've heard people talk about people with kids struggle to know how to talk to their kids about this. There's an impulse Mm -hmm. to shield our children from being traumatized Mm -hmm. uh, by, you know, watching, you know, violence that, that, you know, would feel violating to them. Yep. And that's a, that's an appropriate concern. You know, anytime you see violence, this is why, you know, you don't let your kids watch R rated movies. Like anytime you see violence, it is inherently violating, but by the same token, um, wanting them to understand the world that they live in, wanting them to understand the realities of racism, wanting them to understand some of those things. So, uh, I, I wonder if Lacey's, uh, approach here could have some I don't know, could have some impact for us, could have some, mm. something to say about, obviously we recorded this before all this happened, but yeah. um, I wonder if her approach could uh, be helpful as we think about mm. kind of talking with our kids about this. Do you have any, I mean, my kids are older and so I haven't, I haven't wrestled much with this. They, they're old enough to sort of see some of these things and really take it in. But like, do you have any thoughts? How have you been talking with your kids about this stuff? Well, my, my seven-year-old, eight-year-old, sorry. Uh, she doesn't want to talk about anything bad or mm. scary or sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a little trickier. <laughs> That's like 100% uh, of what's in the news right now. Right. Yep. Bad, it's tricky. scary, bad. Yep. Very tricky <laughs> to talk to her about this. Uh, but I will say that my son, who's 11, he's asking lots of questions. He went to a demonstration with uh, – we. the whole family went to a demonstration, mm-hmm. peaceful demonstration, uh, last weekend. And we wore masks, and uh, we were with about 2,000 other people. Uh, you were there, Ben. Yep. Um, I, I was in a much cooler spot. You were up on a hot stairs <laughs> and sweating profusely. Yes, um, yes. Uh, you, you know something, Ben, I just want to commend you for. Uh, you When you're uncomfortable, you don't fidget. <laughs> I, I work really hard. I you, work really hard not to fidget. You, yeah. you are like, uh, you're like, I, I can just, like your internal narrative is, Damn you, uncomfortableness! I'll show you. <laughs> I will be stoic. Stoic, yes, yeah. I, I take the stoic approach. Like I can handle this. Yes, I can handle this. Yep. I'm going to take some deep breaths. Uh, yeah, I felt uh, very hot and very uncomfortable that whole day. Yeah, well, anyway. you looked it, except that you're you weren't fidgeting. Anyway, uh, so my son is asking me if he can watch some documentaries about. Oh yeah. Um, civil rights movement about black history. No, no, no. He said, he specifically said black history. Um, and so I've been researching, uh, black history documentaries for kids. Um, and that's, that's tricky, Ben, 
Uh, yeah. Are there any out there? Well, four kids. Here's the deal. So th- there was a movie that came out. I didn't. I never saw Selma. Did you ever see Selma? Came out in 2014. I never saw that. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've heard it's great. Right. It's about Martin Luther King. Uh huh. Um, and uh, it gets good. Sort of. It's. I think it was rated PG, and it gets good like reviews from uh, from black historians and uh, and others who say that it's appropriate for kids. There's also like just some like BBC or PBS documentaries on, um, I mean, I'm, I'm considering letting him watching James Baldwin's I Am Not Your Negro. Okay. Because I don't know. I feel like the thing that I would be most concerned about mm-hmm. for my son is watching uh, white violence against black people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not afraid of him hearing a, the pain and the anger of a black person because of white violence. I'm not afraid of that. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. You know, I think that's a helpful distinction. It's, it's helpful to realize it's watching violence does violate. Like you have to be really careful with it. Um, mm. you have to be careful with it. Like mm. I've, even for myself, I've had to realize, like I don't, I try not to, insulate myself from watching you know the videos that pop up online but i've also had to just be aware of my own capacity to take in these things yeah right and just say like i i don't know if i need to see another one to be convinced that this is a problem yeah i mean like do i need do i need to watch this one so anyway i think that's that's a helpful distinction but that's different from hearing the pain of somebody who has been violated yeah like it, I, we can hear that. I don't think that's inherently violating. I think that's that's an act of empathy. It builds empathy. Yeah. I I think for for my son, right, and the way he's developed as an eleven year old. I mean, mm. But anyway, this interview, yeah, uh, I think creates in us. Uh, she uh, she casts vision for how to have the capacity to hold space open for our kids to wonder and discover and learn. Mm. Rather than just, you know, sit, uh, I'm going to sit you down and this is going to be my three-minute speech on why racism is bad. And after this, uh, there right. won't be any question because now you know what we think like about it. Another version of the talk. Have you had the racism yeah. talk? Right. It's, like, it's maybe the not, not, the right, not the right approach. Yeah. Right, right, right. So anyway, yeah. I, I think it helps us get an imagination for how to, how to be present mm. to our kids. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, enjoy this interview, folks. Yes. Um, it was great. How to be present with our kids in their wonderings. Um, and if they, you know, have, if they're old enough to kind of see and understand what's happening in the world right now, uh, they're going to have a lot of wonderings. And so, um, even when we don't know the answers, that's another thing she says, like you don't, as a parent, you don't have to know the answer to the question to just wonder with your children. Mm-hmm. You don't lose respect by saying you don't know. Um, you probably gain it for the most part with your kids by being yes. honest with them and saying, let's work on that together. Or let's discover this together. Yeah. Um, and there's, you know, if you're white, there's a lot that you don't know about racism mm. and a lot you need to discover just like we're learning. So, yes. All right. Here's Lacey. Hi, Lacey. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. 
Yeah, it's good to see you. And uh, Ben just referenced you have a candle lit behind you. It's mm-hmm. very surreal. You have books and a cross and a candle. I want to be, and there's like exposed wood over there. I want to be where you are. It looks yeah. so, it looks so cozy. Uh, you're at, is that is that your little study office at home? Mm-hmm. It is. It is. We we actually live in a log cabin, um, oh, like wow. like for real a log cabin and so really cabin. yeah it's really tiny so um during covid um we are um we are in vigorous fellowship with one another <laughs> we are that's quite a way to say it would you yeah. say your fellowshipping is vigorous uh, yes. Uh, yes 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 <laughs> i have i have two uh adolescent daughters i have a 15 year old and an, a soon-to-be 19 year old so we oh, are yeah. we are it is vigorous there's a lot of words. There's a lot. Yes, of yes that's ben, great. Ben has teenage daughters too, and they're all I at do. home as well. They are. Yeah, I got a daughter home from college, and uh, two in yeah. high school. Who and we just spend all day together. So. Yep. Yep. Oh, I'm sure you've got a candle lit too. This is yes, not- I do. There's always, there's Several. always a candle lit. Well, uh, Lacey, would you give us an introduction who you are and uh, when you're not vigorously fellowshipping with your family during COVID, (laughs) what you spend your time doing? Sure. Um, Well, I'm a spiritual director, so I Hmm. accompany people in their life with God. And I meet with people kind of all over the world um, because of the miracle of digital media. And um, and uh, I'm also a, a professor, so I teach at Portland Seminary and at Fuller and for Renovari as well. So I kind of have that dual role. And I meet with children um, in spiritual direction at a transitional facility for homeless families called Haven House. So um, I practice direction with children at Haven House. And that's kind of the other um, gift that I get to engage in. Yes. And you've, you've written a book, something we want to chat about today, called Spiritual Conversations with Children, Listening yeah. to God Together. Um, mm-hmm. Did this book come out of your work at Haven House? Yeah, how, did they, how did you relate? Yeah, it sure did. Um, I, my doctoral dissertation was on a model of spiritual direction with children because it's just not been done. No one, mm-hmm. you know, people have thought about it, but no one sort of put the scholarship into it and thought, okay, how do we do this? Because the child's experience of God is um, different than the adult experience. And so um, we have to think about um, kind of our past history as well as um, what it would look like to meet a child where they are. Yes, and, okay. So if my imagination for if my imagination for like what kids need to f- to have a relationship with God is like put on a VeggieTale video and then ask them <laughs> questions about what they learn. Let's just say that's my imagination. Sure. Okay? So sure work sure. work with me here, Lacey. Yeah. <laughs> like how, how would you describe to somebody like me how spiritual direction with children is distinct from that? Mm-hmm. Well, I can I can also say that you can use anything. Um, the Holy Spirit is not um, limited by our human capabilities. Um, thanks be to God. And, and so it, it, it would, maybe it is watching a VeggieTale video and then after it saying something to the child like, can you tell me, you know, um, what in that video reminded you of God's presence with you? Hmm. 
and asking an open-ended question, giving your mm. full attention to the child. And I like to use um, an acronym, uh, B-O-W, BOW. So turning your body entirely towards the child. So putting away mm. anything that's kind of distracting you. Um, and then um, O for openness. So instead of expecting answers, can you have an openness to what their experience might be? Because it may be something mm. that you never even thought about and never experienced yeah. yourself. And so, then, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. I just wanted to uh, go ahead. Tell, tell us the W. Okay. Um, and the, and causing the, a lot of thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. And the W is wonder. Can you mm. wonder with the child? Um, mm. I wonder how God will meet you in, as you get up from the couch um, <laughs> and eat Doritos. Mm. Um, I wonder, um, uh, I, and keeping a sense of openness and wonder, um, mm. allow, realizing that our adult expectations um, that the Holy Spirit is just um, pleased as punch to blow those out of the water. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, as you say that, Lacey, I'm struck by the like the fact that you are. I mean, O is open is one of the words, right? But you're instead of uh, kind of like having a sheet of expected answers and expecting the mm -hmm. child to conform to the answers, and the child is good if they say one of the things on the sheet. You know what I mean? And they're well. You know, I'm not sure what's going on if you don't actually answer these. There's this open endedness that um, you invite their imagination, you invite um, kind of this, uh, I don't know, just an open, a more open-ended response. Um, and it strikes, it strikes me that that feels scary to a lot of adults. Oh, I think absolutely. What yeah. it really tests and tries is our trust in God. Yes. I mean, uh, and it happens for me and my own children. I mean, mm -hmm. constantly, if I want to pay attention to the underlying current in my relationship with my children, it's always, God, do I trust them with you? Yeah. Do yes. I trust you with them? Yeah. Do I trust them with you? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it's hard, it's hard to have the openness and the wonder you're describing if I need to manage and secure outcomes and yeah. control... Like yeah. kind of even managing my own anxiety and doing that. Um, you, you talk in your book about the importance of listening. Mm -hmm. And you use a phrase called, uh, I think it's, you use the phrase curious inquiry. Is that what you say? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We talk about compassionate curiosity at Gravity a lot. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about the same competency, which is being present and available uh, to really listen to people. Can you uh, maybe <laughs> tell us why is that so important? And mm. two, why is that so hard? Um, I, th I think it's hard for a multitude of reasons. Um, I think it has to do with um, uh, some of the difficulty is that we carry our own childhood experiences and our own childhood wounds with us into every conversation mm. we have, even yeah. how our picture of God was formed when we were children. And so we can be very actively trying to manage that when we're being present with children because yeah. that's going to be touched instantly. Mm. What we believed about God when we were a child or what we were told to believe, or even our, because our picture of God is formed when we are young um, by those who had authority in our life. Mm. Um, and so um, a bit of that, and you know, when our picture of God is forming, always being shaped and formed throughout our lives, there's a little bit of residual left over 
or yes. a lot of residual, depending on how much work we've done um, <laughs> as we get older. And so a conversation with the child can touch on that and then we can be, you know, moved instantly into managing. So, mm. so, it, so in those moments, we can be managing our own relationship with God rather than being present yes. to the child in their relationship with God. Yes. And, um, you know, the adult propensity is to, um, you know, um, as we sort of are on our journey is to split the self. So um, we split. What does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. We kind of, we distance our thoughts and feelings from our body. We we might distance um, our theology from our feelings um, instead Mm. of letting them be integrated together. Mm. And for a child, all the dimensions of the self are integrated together. If you you want a really good example of that is take take a young child to a store that has candy at the checkout and they will lay down on the floor and scream because <laughs> they want that candy because yeah. all the dimensions of their self are integrated. Now, I as the parent am, am have have split the self. I needed to um, because I'm feeling incredible amount of shame and anger and were my body to act on that, we might all go to jail. <laughs> so it is a mark of maturation to yeah. split the self. But yeah. for a child, all those dimensions are together. And so their experience of God and, mm. and the questions that we ask them. So back to these divinely curious questions, you know, um, these questions have to integrate all the dimensions of the self. They mm. may not be able to articulate um, an experience of God when they were out on the swings and they felt the wind blow through them until they're much older, but they had it and their body knew it. Mm. Yeah, you, you talk a wow. lot about, you talk a lot about the body in this book, Lacey, um, which, um, you know, for many of us, we're not used to, like, we have to go to, like, Eastern philosophy or yoga to, like, take the body seriously. Mm-hmm. To, um, and it's it's difficult for Western Christians to mine mm-hmm. their own tradition in a way that helps them reconnect with their body. Why, why is that so important to you? And in particular, why mm-hmm. is that so important if we're going to have these spiritual conversations with our kids? Mm-hmm. Well, um, I would say that we just, in Western Christianity, we just haven't minded enough. We go back to our Eastern Orthodox brothers and sisters, and they use the body. They do the sign of the cross, the three, you know, the thumb, the index, and the middle finger coming together, make the Trinity. The two fingers, you know, the ring finger and the pinky finger, uh, representing the two natures of Jesus coming down to the palm earth. There we go. There's a bodily way to pray. And mm. then to touch the forehead, the chest, and the two shoulders in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's, so, so we just, in Western Christianity, we just haven't gone far enough. I mean, they bend, they bow, they, their yeah. bodies are involved. I, I, I want to hear more about why, why, um, why it's important to connect with that. But I'm reminded of a book called From the Holy Mountain by William Dalrymple. Who he's written about a half dozen books about these just travels and journeys. Like he retraced Marco Polo's journey from Europe mm-hmm. to China, and and in in from the Holy Mountain, he's retracing these two monks that did a sixth century pilgrimage to all the Orthodox seminaries in the Middle East. And so he oh. redoes this in the 1990s. It's fascinating. It's really good read. But he goes to and I for, I'm going to forget the branch or sect of Christianity in the Middle East. He goes to like the oldest. Like existing people group 
who like trace their roots to first or second century Christians that are still singing and worshiping in the same forms that they had since the first and second century. And here's, he's a Scottish, I think he's a Scottish Catholic or Scottish Anglican, but his blink on watching them worship is I'm watching Muslims. They've got carpets on the ground. They're bowing. They're prostrating themselves. They come up. He's like, everything about this feels Muslim. Mm. And, and and he was struck by the fact of how embodied these ancient Christians, how, how they use their body in prayer. And the only template he had for who would worship like this would be Muslims. Isn't that fascinating? And, anyway, yeah. So I'm, can, just, can I'm saying you, amen. Um, yeah. Can you tell me the name of that book again? I from, <laughs> yeah. From the Holy Mountain. I believe, Lacey. Holy and okay. and it's Darrell and it's really hard for me to say it, but we'll, <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll message you after the podcast and great and hammer it out. Great, yeah. that that could be the Eastern the the Ethiopian. Um, yes, they're they're one of the oldest um, worshiping. Um, so what do we lose in their way? Yeah. What do we well, lose? I, like because I, I, I I'll kneel and I'll fold my hands, but you know Paul talks about men. Uh, praying with arms raised you know mm-hmm. and like that that if we did that you'd be kind of like what's what's going on weirdo but the body's so important so tell us tell us why and especially with well, kids yeah the body is so important because um the mind isn't all that we are yeah and um and um recently um when i was i did a conference i held up my cell phone and i said um dearly beloved um, if our faith is only in our heads, we are seriously outgunned. And I pointed to the phone because we have all the information we could ever want right here. Um, if our faith is all about entertainment, and I pointed to my phone, we are seriously, we're, we're just outdone because yeah. of objects we carry in our pockets. But an experience of God, an experience of God that, that uh, moves into all the dimensions of the self, including the body, we just can't get that anywhere else. Yes. Yes. And so, and so the mind for, for a child, the powers of reasoning, and we, you know, the, we can blame the enlightenment, the industrial revolution, whatever, whatever thing we want to hang on that. <laughs> um, um, but um, the mind is not the seat of the, of our experience of in our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. It is a formational factor. It is incredibly important. But if mm-hmm. we house everything about our relationship with God in the mind, we leave one, our differently abled brothers and sisters, out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, right. Um, and that's just not, that's not true to the character of God. Hmm. And yes. children's uh, rational and um, analytical capacities will certainly begin to come, um, gr- they grow into them but they're not the seat of their experience of God. This podcast is brought to you by Gravity Leadership Academy, our 10-month online training intensive for Christian leaders who want to root their life and leadership in God's love and bring lasting transformation to their culture. In Gravity Leadership Academy, you'll learn the real-life practicalities of how to notice God's presence and activity in and around you, so you can participate more fully in God's life and mission, and open up space for those around you to do so too. We've worked really hard to make this training in missional leadership practical and doable. 
To find out more about Gravity Leadership Academy, visit gravityleadership.com academy. You have a chapter in your book entitled Whole Person Prayer. Can you, mm-hmm. may, I, there's so much goodness in this book in terms of practical, like even like um, you have like scripts of conversations, you've got ways to engage children. But could you just describe like what is whole person prayer and how is that distinct from maybe uh, close your eyes and pray the Lord's Prayer? Mm. Mm. Well, um, a whole person prayer means that we include all the dimensions of the self. So we bring both our feelings and our thoughts into it um, and bringing feelings into it, you know, for, for children, generally their feelings are their first line of awareness, hmm. um, uh, how they feel. Um, and then, um, and then to bring our bodies into um, our relationship with God. And that means, um, you know, when I um, invite people to pray the examine, like if I, if I'm going to give a family or someone, um, you know, one practice I would, I think that will totally shape uh, is one not to be hung up one to absolutely do would be praying the examine with our children. Mm-hmm. Um, and we begin it with a bodily an act of bodily awareness of God's presence. And for some families, that's a fist bump for some families. Um, it's, um, we, uh, one of our daughters, her love language is touch. And so she would like for us to wrestle with her. And she's strong as an ox. She just <laughs> kills us. Um, just a big group hug is our bodily awareness of prayer together. Um, and then we will move into some different um, movements of the examine. And we end with, a, an, again, another awareness, a bodily um, engagement with God's presence and being present mm-hmm. with each other. Yeah. What strikes me as you're talking, Ben, I'd love to hear what you're thinking too. Uh, mm-hmm. What strikes me as you're talking, Lacey, is like, well, that's not religious. Fist bumps <laughs> and bear hugs, that's not, that's not Christian. Right. But, but what you're doing is you're, re, um, you're re-sacramentalizing everyday life and body and relationships mm-hmm. with the presence of God. It's shot through. It, he's waiting to meet us in these ordinary physical moments uh, mm-hmm. And I, I just love that. And I think I think what your book you say over and over again, this is no problem for children. The, yeah. the gap they have to leap to meet God in a fist bump is way less than you know forty three year olds who's got who got everything figured out. Right, right, right. For them, the mind is not an obstacle. Mm. <laughs> Isn't that? We we tend to. I mean, I the the faith that I kind of grew up in as a Christian, the, the feelings were the danger, the feelings were the obstacle. And, mm. uh, really that's the mind <laughs> being an mm. obstacle to reintegrating my feelings. Right. It's yeah, so yeah. you just sharing that the kids don't have, they don't have that barrier. It's like mm-hmm. they, they can just run to Jesus and sit on his lap, mm. uh, you know, while adults stand around and complain. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 So one of the one of the things that I keep thinking about, uh, Lacey, is for for parents. I mean, this this series that we're doing right now is a little bit uh, just about um, parenting and about you know how to form faith in our kids and you know that those kinds of things. Um, and so one of the one of the things I I think I'm thinking about is just that parents may you know want like a, a I don't know some sort of step that feels doable to them. 
And so, you know, praying the examine feels like, oh, maybe, gosh, I don't, you know, I don't even know what that is. And what are you talking about? You know, that kind of thing. But like um, the two things that are encouraging to me about what you're saying are number one, like wrestling or fist bumping or giving a hug or whatever, whatever the child sort of likes and enjoys, that can be an entryway into prayer. Like, don't think it has to be hands folded. We're going to light a candle. Everybody be quiet. We're going to be on our knees. You know, don't don't think it needs to be that. It mm. can be something that your child already is enjoying that is perhaps speaking to them. They, hmm. they can't reflect on this yet, but the reason they love wrestling has to do with God. It has to do with their relationship with God somehow. And we can enter into that mystery just by noticing what they like and engaging them on that level. That's the first thing mm. that I think is encouraging for parents as that it's encouraging for me as I'm thinking about this for my kids. Um, and the second thing, um, that feels encouraging about what you're saying, uh, is that kids are probably more ready for this than we think that I, I, you know, so some of the obstacles that come up in my brain are like, Oh, my kids think prayer is boring or they don't really want to, they don't, they don't like this or they don't want to do this, but perhaps because they're so integrated, they're so much more integrated than we are. They don't have like they may be ready for they may be more ready for this than than we think they are. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, if they if they play, they're ready for it. <laughs> yeah. If they play, they're ready for it. Um, yeah. and, and play play absolutely is a pra- I mean a prayer tool. It is a way yeah. to communicate with God. Children often play out. I mean, right now in homes across the world, children are playing out their fears. Mm. They, if they, you know, they've got, they've got a play set of someone in a boat, the sharks are eating the people because they're playing out their fear. Yeah. Yeah. Really. And, um, and then, and then you as a parent can come along and, and maybe it's a little bit later in the day say, and you know, what was, how did your play go today? What did you play Mm. with? Uh, Mm. How did that make you feel? Mm. Um, what do you, what do you, what would, what do you want? Mm-hmm. See that question about just what do you want? Or I love this one. What do you wish? Wish is a, it is a word of desire. Yeah. And we have to, I mean, that's Ignatian's colloquy, um, a word of desire. What is it that you want? Yes. So uh, I wonder if you could tell God what your wishes are. Mm. And not, not like as the divine butler, but right yeah, now, yeah. in a time of great uncertainty, anxiety, or pain, we can I- invite our children to tell their wishes, their wants, yes. and their fears to God. Yes. Yeah. Lacey, that, that question, so I, think, I think a lot of parents and a lot of youth, people who are on kids, we want, we want the things you're talking about, but we lack the imagination for how to do it. Like, how would I talk to a kid and op- and create space for them to be to sh- to show up mm. uh, and not demand things or ask them a question about superlapsarianism that they have no idea what I'm talking about? You know, like there's just all these anxieties we have. But I wonder if you could tell God what you wish, mm. what your what you wish could happen. Like just having that language and those words, and even if it's just like, what would Lacey say? Oh yeah, this is what she'd say. You know, until we get. <laughs> Until we develop an imagination for how to yeah. do our heart's desire, it's so helpful for us. Yeah. Lacey, because yeah. not, I don't know, I don't know, maybe some of us who are listening had had a Lacey Borgo spiritual director as a six year old. 
Maybe some mm-hmm. of us did. Or Elise mm-hmm. Borgo as mom. But most mm-hmm. of us did not. Mm-hmm. And, and so this book, Lacey, really is like you parenting us on how to be, <laughs> you parenting the child that still lives in us, and also mm-hmm. you parenting us on how to be with the child outside of us. And so it's mm-hmm. such a gift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, I wonder if I could share a little uh, anecdote about this. This reminds me of, um, you know, we're, we're several, recording this is actually recording this on Good Friday. So we're several weeks into um, uh, Coronatide as we call it. Um, but we, uh, I got this video from a family in our church. That's, it's actually, uh, my goddaughter. Um, she's about five years old and, um, they just recorded her praying. She was just praying, um, on the couch and her prayer was so funny cause it just drifted all over the place. It was like, <laughs> dear God. And then she just, and then what she ended up with was, um, like, I wish we could cast a spell on the virus and make it good. Yes. And, you know, and, and, and the, the mother was just like, well, I, how would that work? And she goes, I don't know, but I want the virus to start being good. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's like, oh, should we? And she, you know, she tried to lead her into it. Should we ask God for that? No, let's cast a spell on it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, just creating that space for her to just name. I wish we could cast a spell on the virus and make it good. Oh, mm-hmm. oh and what that has to teach us mm-hmm. as adults yeah. One, the audacity that we ha- yeah. that God has given us the agency mm. to to act on things that are destructive yeah. for them to be redeemed. Yes. Woo, that child. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, she's she's acting towards the virus the way the Apostle Paul would. Apostle yeah. Paul doesn't meet somebody sick and like beg God to heal him. Apostle yeah. Paul meets somebody sick and says, "Be healed." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she's actually praying as like a as like a child yeah. of God. Yeah. Um, Oh, and and I love the idea of just taking just take a notebook that you have laying around in your house and some washable markers if your children mm-hmm. are young. Washable is important. Yeah, yeah. And just leave them out and let it be your, your wish or your prayer. You could call it your wish or your prayer book and invite mm-hmm. anybody to visit the prayer book at any time that they want, anytime during the day. Be sure adults that you go because you are yeah. modeling and yes. write really what you do wish. Do you wish that people would stay outside in the backyard a little longer so you could have 10 minutes of quiet? Write it down. <laughs> yeah. Draw a picture. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. great. So maybe as we wrap up here, Lacey, I, I wonder if you could speak to, if you're aware of, obviously when you're working with a, a nine-year-old, it's different than uh, you working with your 19-year-old, right? So obviously there's developmental differences and uh, stage of life and in cognitive capacities, et cetera. But I wonder if you could speak a bit to how has your work with doing spiritual directing with kids, how has it changed your relationship with God? How are you, how are you different with the Lord because of you helping kids encounter God? Hmm. Well, gosh, then the numbers of ways could be vast. Um, but I would say um, maybe the uh, the two that are most prominent. One is that um, I um, my own childhood wounds have been healed, are being healed. So my own wounds that I live with every day that we all live with. Um, just even in Ben, when you shared the story, I could hear my own wound and um, being spoken to 
from the wisdom of that child. Mm. So there is no way that when we are present to another, and this is Douglas Quaker Douglas Steer quote, that we, we are not fully present to another child, adult, middle schooler, that we do not go away changed. Mm. So, so when you are fully present with the child, no matter their age, you will go away changed. Something in you will be, will be, will have shifted. And yeah. if you've been fully present, there'll be a kind of a taste of freedom in what you taste. Yeah. So there's that. Um, and the other piece is that I've realized, um, and I've, I've been working with children for about 30 years. I was a public school school teacher first um, in, in Rochester, New York, in inner city Rochester, New York. Um, so um, uh, these, these children have reminded me every single day and my own children that um, I do not have the corner of the market on God's um, ways of reaching out and engaging with human beings. Mm. It cannot be exhausted. And I don't know. I don't even know the half of it. Yeah. Mm. And that's the openness and the wonder, right? I don't know half of it. You're just discovering it as every time. Every time, every time. Oh, Lacey, that's beautiful. That is. A good friend of ours, um, David Fitch, wrote a book called Faithful Presence. And in that book, he describes seven practices for the church to be present to God. And one of them is being with children. And he he calls it the sacrament of being with children. Um, And I I think that's what you're testifying to. And that's what your book gives us. I mean, it's so practical, Lacey. It gives us handles and, and an architecture to actually do it, not just aspire and intend, but to actually do it. So thank you for writing this. Thank you for um, sharing it with us. I feel like uh, you were parenting me on how to be a better parent as I read this. Um, Thank you for making it uh, an accessible, easy read as well. So, uh, you know, there's no footnotes. A chapter takes about 10 minutes to read. I just really appreciated that. Um, if people are listening and they are intrigued and they want to know more about what you do and how, how would they connect with you uh, other than just uh, through your book? Um, you can go to my website, gooddirtministries.org. <laughs> and uh, I know I, I love we, that name. What, how did that come? Where did you get the good dirt? Where did that, where's that come um, from? Uh, it comes from a, a devotional series that I co-wrote um, mm. about, um, you know, tending our soul soils um, with our families. So within the family. Okay. Um, right now, um, there's a video series on the website um, about how it, it's prepping my 15-year-old for social media. And mm. we decided to video some conversations around um, how we're preparing for this. So um, that Lacey. might be a bit that is great. Yeah. Yes. Well, we'll what? see how it turns out. It's a drama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm having conversations with my eight-year-old girl about why she can't have a TikTok account, and she doesn't quite understand it. Yeah. And all the reasons I can well, think to tell her, uh, I'd have to explain the reasons. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm not ready to do just, that. <laughs> just trust your dad. <laughs> oh, oh Lacey, thanks so much for being with us and uh, for this mm-hmm this precious gift of a book. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for the conversation. Yeah. Lovely to be with you. Peace.
Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Our show is produced by Ben Sternke, Matt Tebby, and Ben Hardman. Aaron Sternke does our mixing and mastering. You can check out his work at aaronsternke.com. If you find our podcast helpful, share it with your friends in person and on social media. And don't forget to rate and review us online as well as subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join our Gravity community for free at gravityleadership.com slash join. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles we found interesting or helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join. And hey, we'd love to hear from you. Ask a question, make a comment, send us an idea, a recommendation, recipe, whatever. You can email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. Catch you next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.